Well, um, I, I actually want to start, many of you may have seen this, um, but, but even if you have, good news never gets old. So I want to take a minute, let's, uh, let's uh, drop the lights down here a little bit. I want to show you a, uh, a news story on KEZI, and I just think this is a perfect way to kick off the message today. So uh, here we go. Yeah, not only their story of survival, but we're about to show you some new video from Flames close up as this evacuee, Michael Miller, uh, escaped with his life. Take me through how you're feeling first right now. Grateful and home free. You're trying to make the best of it. I mean, and yep. by home free, you say that you lost your home. Yep, yep. That's okay. Can, That's you show, okay. can you show us that video you showed me a moment ago? Yeah, this is from Living Waters Fellowship parking lot. Uh, and, and where is this exactly? This is about mile marker 41, just west of uh, Lazy Days RV Park. Okay, so if you and could direct that church. towards the camera. Yeah. And what is that right there? That is the church burning. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Every one of our parishioners has been present and accounted for according to my pastor, Doug Barrington. And for that, we're all grateful. And our prayers are with all the other families that have lost so much, much more than we did. We only lost our home and our belongings. And God, God be with us all. And, and you say only, but you've gone through a great deal of pain in the past few days. Uh, nothing compared to what I've seen others. I was, I was spared and I'm, I'm just grateful. Tell me also about uh, who else you helped rescue, uh, someone who is a quadriplegic, you said. Uh, my friend Michael Murphy's mother uh, is a quadriplegic and they weren't able to get an ambulance to his house in time. So uh, we, we put her in my Bronco and her wheelchair and the fire overtook us. Uh, we weren't able to get to Blue River to evacuate. The fires were covering the road, so we just pulled into the Living Waters Fellowship parking lot. As the field burned off, we backed into the embers, and then the church burned and the trees around us, and God spared us. So you lived through the fire, actually. You, you waited for it to pass through. Yes, sir. What were those moments like as you sat there? How long did it take? About 45 minutes, and uh, I prayed, and God gave me a peace, and uh, we're here. In those moments, did you feel like you were gonna die? Uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think I considered that. I'm sure it was there, but uh, either way, as, as uh, I once read, uh, to uh, live is Christ, to die is gain. So either way, this side or that side, I'm grateful to be on this side because my children would have been really pissed if they didn't get to see me again. My word, and you're here today picking up what you can? Yep, yep, getting some uh, couple pillows and uh, got a new pair of shoes and uh, uh, we got signed up for some hotel vouchers and all our needs are being met. I got to ask, can you show us that one picture of the steeple from your church? You said this is the last image you have. Of the church steeple. I do. I don't know if you'll be able to see that. There it is in the smoke. There is the steeple. Right there, right as the fire consumed it within three to five minutes. And so that's now gone. That is gone. Literally, the last time I went to church, it burned down. But I'm going back again. I, I got to ask you, with everything that you've gone through, losing your home, 
living through this awful fire that's now at 145,000 acres. How are you able to keep such a positive demeanor about you right now? Uh, that's got to be my gift, uh, his dumb jokes and humor, and that's what I got. And I've got to say, all of this show of support, too, must be helping as well. Oh, it's just overwhelming to see what this community has done. It's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. <sighs> Sorry, I'm choked up a little bit here because um, seeing your strength is, is powerful. His strength, not mine. His strength, yeah. But standing next to you here, I mean, you lived through a fire. It's hard to... <sighs> I apologize because... You're the one that's strong right now, and um, I feel like this is what people need to hear. You, uh, we'll get through this. You're quite the survival story. We'll get through this, sir. Thank you so much. God Be bless safe, you please. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, so, Jamie, I'm going to send it back to you. Come on, is that beautiful? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, I really believe that. I really believe that what we just saw in our friend there is, is what we're called to do, is what we're called to do. I mean, here he is in the middle of it, and he's saying to live is, is, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And we, we have to remember that in the midst of these kinds of situations. And, and I, I want to I just jump off of that story because I, I really believe that what, what we're in right now is, is, is somewhat to be expected. There's a certain sense when we have, uh, what is the word that's being used? Conflagration, right? A conflagration of many things. This is an intense season that we're in. We're in a political season. We're in a, an area where, where God is going to bring healing, but right now it's quite explosive in the area of racial reconciliation and healing from the wounds of the past. We're in an economic season. We're in a COVID season. And then here in the Northwest, we're in a wildfire season. So there can be sort of a certain sense of like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? You know, and, and it's easy to start drawing some really apocalyptic and macro uh, pictures of like what is happening right now. Amen. Is anybody feeling that? If you've been on Facebook for 12 seconds, that is what's going on. Yikes. Um, so there's just a lot that is going on in this moment. And, and it's important for us to contextualize in these kinds of moments and to remember who is God and, and who are we and where are we in line with his kingdom, in line with his kingdom right now. Because if we don't do that, then we can be easily tossed to and fro and blown here and there by all the different winds that come, by all the different opinions that come, and by the very real, you know, smoke that we're choking on right now. And it could kind of start to feel like this is really, really huge. And, and what will we do? And has it ever been like this before? Um, so, so it's important for us to bring context in fact, there's a great story I encourage you guys to read uh, by Ted Sickinger in uh, The Oregonian uh, from yesterday. I just want to read you a quick little excerpt here. How many of you guys have heard that word unprecedented a lot lately, right? Unprecedented. Unprecedented. This is an unprecedented. And, and I think that, you know, it can be unprecedented in your life if you're like 43 years old. That would be me. Or even 60 years old if you're 60 years old. Maybe even 80 years old. If there's something that hasn't happened in the last 80 years and it happens to you, it feels pretty unprecedented. Amen? I mean, that's just okay. It's just okay to have unprecedented 
unprecedented things in your own life, but it's important for us to contextualize in the, in the midst of where we are, or else we can actually end up having, instead of peace, like, like our friend here who's saying, is Christ in me? Yeah, I have peace because Christ is in me. I, all I did was lose my home and everything that I belong, but I'm just grateful because the Lord has given me life. And that's where we're called to stand. That's not hyperbole. That, that's, that's actually where we are. And so for that gentleman, I can guarantee his house has never burned down before. He's got an unprecedented house-burning situation, but he has a God that is greater than precedent. Amen? He's got a God that is the precedent. And so, so I want to just bring some context. Here's a, here's a, little, uh, um, a little excerpt. Let me read this to you. Uh, again, Ted, Ted Sickinger from the Oregonian. Um, While last week's hellfire was unusual, it was not, in fact, unprecedented. The east wind event that conspired with existing drought conditions to blow up the two level fires and other human-caused ignitions last Monday is rare but hardly unique, academics and fire experts say. The winds were the main culprit in making the catastrophic infernos as fast-moving as they were. Experts say those east winds are Oregon's version of the dry, downslope Santa Ana winds that stoke big fires in California. They have long blamed them for some of the largest west side fires in modern Oregon history and say similar wind-driven megafires have shaped the entire ecosystem west of the Cascades over millennia. Neither the wind event nor the fires were unpredictable. The strong and persistent windstorm that started Monday and stoked the big fires is unusual, but academics say similar conditions were a prime factor in many of the most infamous, fast-running west side conflagrations since Europeans settled in Oregon. Those include the 1902 Yakult burn, which torched 500,000 acres in southwest Washington and parts of Oregon and killed at least 65 people. Easterly gales were a main ingredient in the Tillamook burn of 1933, which initially burned 400,000 acres west of Gales Creek over 10 days, then devoured an additional 200,000 acres in 20 hours when stoked by hot east winds. East winds were also implicated in the Bandon Fire of 36, which burned 143,000 acres and consumed the town of 1800 and killed at least 10 people. I encourage you guys to read the rest of the article. It's a, it's a great, well-written article, and I appreciate the Oregonian for posting it. The reason why I read this is because right now we're hearing everything from the judgment of God to cannibalistic political leaders to personal Antifa members to, uh, you know, Russian hackers. I mean, we've got it all, right? And, I, and I'm not saying uh, anything about any of those things. I'm just saying all those things are being said. And we as the people of God are called to contextualize and walk through this particular season at this particular time. How many of you guys know that you and I are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them? God is not caught off guard by this season, nor is he looking down and saying, this is an unprecedented time that I've never seen before and I don't know what to do. He's not in that position whatsoever. In fact, his scriptures and his words ring true at this time. Like every other time, it says that the, that the government of peace is upon his shoulder and of its increase, there shall be no end. Now, we in the Northwest and we in America are in a moment right now. We've only, how long have we been a country now? A couple hundred years, right? I mean, we're only in the few hundred years old part of this particular part of history that we're in. So it's important that we don't bandy out different terms like unprecedented all the time. We are unprecedented in that sense. Like, are you picking up what I'm throwing down here? Like, we need to take a breath. 
And let's look to the Lord to say, God, how would you like us to walk through so that we can be one that a newscaster comes and while we're giving the testimony of saving someone's life, of watching our house burn and our church burn, and we stand there and say, I'm grateful to God for it is Christ that I live and should I die, it is gain. And they weep because of the presence of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace is in us. That's what we're called to do right now and always. Amen? So let me give you a, a couple of scriptures. I want to strengthen your hearts right now. The first one is this. Let's, let's stop getting caught off guard and getting pulled into the many waves and, and winds that are common to the world, by the way. Let's go to the words of Jesus. And he said this in John 16, 33. I think I've got this scripture for you. Um, and it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. That's that word shalom, isn't it? I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. That word tribulation means trouble. We've all had that, amen? Has anybody here had trouble? Raise your hand if you've ever had trouble. Yeah, yeah, it means you're in the world. And in the world you will have that. But in Christ you will have peace. You will have shalom. In Christ you will have peace and he says, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, this situation that you're in is at best temporary. Because we know that God, when he has finished his completing his purposes, his desire is that none would perish, but all would have eternal life. So as many as will choose him can have eternal life. And it says that don't consider him taking a while to get here as though he is slack in keeping his promises, but rather that in his kindness, he desires that people would have more time to repent to turn from the ways of the world and unto the kingdom. So every day that we have is a gift of the Lord and his kindness because he desires that none would perish. Are you guys picking this up? So, so, so it's, it's totally appropriate for us, number one, to have trouble. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. <laughs> Jesus has overcome the world. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus has overcome the world. He has. He has overcome the world. Isn't that good news? It's also good news for y'all and, and me all and all y'all and we all. It's good for us all to remember that the presence of trouble is completely normal. It's completely normal because Jesus said it would happen. And he said, in this world you will have trouble, therefore give up. Go in your home, hold your breath, and wait for me to come and rescue you from the big, bad world. Thank God he didn't say that. He did not. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now go, therefore. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Well, what about when it's a really weird political moment in America, Lord? Is that when we stop making disciples of all nations? Absolutely not. We're right on schedule to be people of peace. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let's read another one. 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. That's a little too on the nose right now, isn't it? And I, I don't mean to be insensitive to anyone, but this is a good word. 
This is a good word. Don't be surprised when there's a fiery trial that comes to test you. Now, right now, we literally just had a fire. And, and, and I think that definitely counts. In this world, we have trouble. Sometimes that comes in the way of a fire. However, however, it also comes in the way of political upheaval. It also comes in the way of economic upheaval. It comes in the way of falling out of popularity in the West right now. We're in a post-Christian society where we're made fun of. And did you know that you're actually right on track when other people make fun of you and consider you narrow-minded and foolish and that you believe in myths and fairy tales and that you're unthinking and, un and ununderstanding because you believe in Jesus, you're right on schedule. Don't consider, don't be surprised by that if something strange has happened to you. But no, rejoice, verse 13, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. You guys, we actually should be a little concerned, actually, when we don't get criticism from those who don't believe in Jesus ever. Now, we shouldn't just, that shouldn't be all we ever get because we also balance that out, that they see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. So we got to be doing both. But we, we do need to be aware that suffering for Christ is actually part and parcel with the kingdom of heaven because how many of you guys know that the world rejected Jesus? And if we're never being rejected, if we're never going through sufferings, that might be a problem. I heard, I've heard it said, if, if you never run into the devil, be careful, you might be traveling the same direction he is. Let's let that sink in for a moment. It's like, ooh, let us not be surprised that there's upheavals in the world. You see, the Lord has told us that we're to come in his name. He is the Prince of Peace. He is within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Like we saw our friend as he's standing there with the Prince of Peace in him, and he's quoting the scriptures to that young man who was moved to tears by the courage of Christ in him. And that's what we're called to walk in right now, the courage of Christ. And I, I want to ask all of us, Christ Center, we are called to walk in Christ. We are called to remember who we are, where we are, and what we're about. This election will come and go. There'll be another one in four years. This season will come and go. You and I will pass away. Our lives are like a vapor. Our question right now that what we're to ask ourselves right now is, Lord, what do you want me to do in this season at this time? And I guarantee that the first thing is, is that we look to him where our help comes from. That we look into the eyes of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, and we say, Prince of Peace, what are you doing right now? Who are you calling me to bless right now? In what way are you calling me to make disciples of nations right now? You see, we don't look at the circumstances around us and wonder if God's quite sure what to do. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around us. Our commission is always the same. Make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do everything that I've commanded you. Go 
and make disciples. As you go, make disciples. How do you do that? Well, our friend that we just saw just gave us a really good clue. The first thing that we do is we actually speak about the hope that we have in spite of the circumstances. And I'm seeing a whole lot of stuff going on right now, guys. And, and I dare say, Lord, would you please humble us underneath your mighty hand because we got a whole lot of yippity yap yap yapping, but I don't see a lot of gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom of what Jesus is doing in the midst of this season. I hear a lot of criticizing. I hear a whole lot of I know everything and I'm the smartest person in the room. And if you idiots would just listen to me, then we'd get it right. But I don't hear a whole lot of Lord God Almighty, you who gave your own son, how much more will you not also give us all things? Prince of peace, come. The spirit of bride says, come. That we would say, come. I want to talk to you about Jesus Christ who will carry us through this season and the next and the next and the next. These scriptures also say that a soft answer turns away wrath. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us for the things that we're saying, the things that we're posting, the ways that we're acting right now that's not like you, Jesus. May we bring a soft answer in a time of violence. May we be those who carry peace. In a time of blaming, may we be those who lead in repentance. In a time of bad news, may we be those who carry the good news of Jesus Christ. He hasn't changed his mind about what we're doing right now. We should not be surprised that we're going through a fiery trial right now. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We are people of peace. Can you receive that? Can you receive that? And, and, and I want to say this too, like God, search me. Search me. I was just reading the scripture the other day. It always puts the fear of God in me. It says, <laughs> not many of you should desire to be teachers for you will be judged more strictly. And there's another place where it says, you will give an account to the Lord in the day of judgment for every word that you've spoken. And that includes what you've posted. Let your communication be seasoned with salt and profitable for the hearer. For the days are short. Not necessarily that the world will end, but your days are short. How many of you guys remember being about four years old? How many of you remember the first time you rode a bike? It was like 10 minutes ago, wasn't it? Now all of a sudden you're plucking your eyebrows. I can grow a fresh crop of nose hair overnight. Man, time is just zipping. May the Lord humble us. If, if with anything, body hair, that we would not think more of ourselves than we ought, but that we would point to the Prince of Peace. That we would be willing to say things like, I don't know, but I am praying that God would grant us repentance from evil and repentance unto the goodness of his gospel of peace. That we would love him with all of our heart, strength, and mind and love our neighbor as much as he did. How much that while they yet hated us and we were his, I mean, while we yet hated him and were his enemies, he died for us that we would lay our lives down in this season, showing the Prince of Peace through our words and our actions, that he would be glorified in both. He hasn't changed his mind, and our mission has not changed. Can you receive that? And I, and I want to encourage us, I, I say that, that it puts fear into me to think about those things, because one, uh, to think about the fact that I'll be judged for every word that I've spoken, 
which by the way should lead all of us to repent a lot and to say, Lord, do I have any messes that I need to clean up? Lord, are there any retractions that I need to post on my Facebook page and say, I'm really sorry. I posted this, but I didn't research it. I was completely wrong. Please forgive me. I was really hot and mad, and I said some things, and I, need to, I said it in public, and I need to publicly repent. Please forgive me. To my neighbors, to my whoever, that you and I would take seriously that the Lord says you will be acquitted or condemned by the words that you speak, that you and I would begin to take that seriously and say, Lord, do I really want to cash in my influence right now based on this circumstance? Am I acting as though this moment is greater than your kingdom, the increase of which there will be no end? Is this moment somehow outside of that where we need my opinion more than other opinions? We should be sharing our opinions, but we should probably state it as such. How many of you guys have seen uh, Inside Out and he's got this little, it's, it's a, I don't even know if I'm able to explain it, but anyway, he's got a container in the mind of this little girl and it's a metaphor for her brain and he drops the facts and opinions and they all fall out and he's like, I don't know which is which. And, <laughs> and they said something to the effect of, yeah, no one does. They're, they're very close. They look very much the same. No one can tell. Which are facts? Which are opinions? May we humble ourselves and say, Lord, help me to sort out the difference between the two. The scripture has something for like that. It says, let God be known to have told the truth and every man a liar. Are you guys tracking with me? The Lord is calling us to a place of peace. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. The sons and daughters of God. You and I are called to a better way. We are called to be the people of peace. And you guys, you're walking in that. You're walking in that. And to the extent that any of us have stepped outside of that, let's step back in. Let's step back in. Let's be the people of peace. I want to encourage you from Psalm 103 in closing today. I want to encourage you that in this time, this is what the scriptures have to say to us as they do in every season. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In this moment, in this season, as we prepare and continue to serve people in the midst of the fiery trial that we're going through right now in the Northwest, we're called to bless the Lord. We're called to bless the Lord and we're called to look to the benefits that the Lord gives to us so that we can extend his love to others right now. And I, I want to point out a couple of things. So I'm going to go through this. Come with me, verse three. Number one, what's one of the benefits? He forgives all your iniquity and he heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who forgives all your iniquity, heals all of your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. How many of you guys feel that we could use some of those things right now in our state? Lord God, would you come 
God, first of all, would you forgive our iniquities, Lord? God, would you forgive our iniquities? And Lord, would you heal our diseases, Lord? Would you heal us, Father? Would you redeem us from the pit? And would you crown us with your steadfast love and mercy? Now let's go on because we're going to find the character of God. It's so consistent. You find it everywhere. But there's a couple things I want to point out for us as we're walking through this season so that we don't accidentally get sucked into the spirit of this age and misrepresent the goodness of our Lord in this time. It says this, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Thank you, Lord, right now. You're working righteousness and justice, even in the midst, Lord, of the wrath of man, which does not accomplish your righteous requirements. You are working, Lord, in spite of those things, Lord, that you could bring righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed in America because of the prayers from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Jesus to Martin Luther King Jr. to Joshua Rivas. Lord, that you're answering the prayers of your people that the saints have cried out and said, oh God, have mercy on us and forgive us, Lord, and heal our land. And you, oh God, are merciful and gracious and you are working righteousness and justice. Thank you, Father, for the great breakthroughs in human trafficking, Lord, that you're bringing everything to the light, God, all the more. Lord, set those free that are in captivity, Lord. Thank you that you haven't changed your mind about what you're doing, Father. From, from Adam until you come, you've not changed your mind about the redemption that you're bringing as you do these things. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God, would you open up our eyes to remember that you are merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He, what's this say? Give me verse, does, is that verse, that, that, that can't be right. Hang on. Verse 10, is that a typo? He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. You know, I have not been reading that on Facebook lately. I haven't been, maybe, Joe, would you Google this and see if Facebook agrees with this scripture or not? We might need to change our mind. I think God may have changed his mind. Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There will be a day when every one of us answers to the Lord for everything that we've done, whether good or bad. And in that day, we will either be leaning into the grace of Jesus and forgiven for all the sins while being rewarded for all the righteousness, or we will be trying to stand on our own righteousness and no one is going to make it if that's your call. We are saved by grace. We are saved by mercy. We are saved by this God who has not changed and has actually given us the ministry of intercession and reconciliation to repent for people who aren't repenting, and to call for mercy for people who aren't asking for mercy yet, and he extends it on our behalf. What did Jesus say to us, by the way, on our behalf, by the way, when he was on the cross, when he was being crucified? What did he say? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. 
That is the ministry that we carry, beloved. Father, forgive Oregon. They do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive Antifa. They do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive militant right-wing whatever. They do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive those that are aborting their own children. They certainly don't know what they're doing. Forgive those who confuse the right to murder their own child with with a fundamental right to be a human. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive us when we run our mouth as though we look down from heaven with perfect perspective and judge our neighbor who is your child. Father, forgive us. We don't know what we're doing. There's there's so much room for us to humble ourselves right now. It doesn't mean that we don't engage in important discourse. But beloved, I'm telling you, there's a difference in the spirit of pride and the spirit of humility. And in the midst of this conflagration, that's a great word, a political, economical, virus, yappity yap yap, social media ain't never been here before-ness, and a wildfire, it's a good time to humble ourselves and say, Lord God, you know, have mercy and compassion on us as you always do. We as the people of God humble ourselves under your mighty hand that your kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ would be lifted up. And as you do that, Lord, just show me how to walk. Can we receive this together? Beloved, remember this. It said, if my people humble themselves and pray, I'll heal their land. We don't need the wicked to repent in order for God to heal the land. We as the people of God are repenting and he's healing our land. It may not look like it right now, but it, he, he said, I will work everything for the good of those that love me and are called according to my purposes. That is us. Do not lose heart. Don't take your eyes off this Jesus Christ of the increase of his government. There will be no end. And he's working right now. In the midst of the fire, in the midst of the flame, in the midst of the yappity yap yapping, he's working. And may we be those that humbled ourselves and said, as for me and my house, I will follow the Lord. May we be like that very wise, is it a cucumber? In Veggie Tales that played Joseph and he's in prison and he says, why is God letting this happen? And he said, as Joseph, I don't know, but I will. Let's practice that. Turn to your neighbor and just say, I don't know. Just say it out loud. A lot of us need to practice this one. You you at home, turn to your kids. I don't know. The kids are probably applauding right now. (laughs) And all you teenagers, look in the mirror and say it. I don't know. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have singled you out, teenagers. I miss knowing everything. It was a sweet time. But I will. I don't know, but I will. When he shows us, we will know. And we're called to be people of peace. And he is a God who does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Thank you, Jesus. So we better stop carrying that message. If you've been carrying that message, I want you to just close your eyes right now and just ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, have I been carrying the wrong message?
And to whatever extent he shows you, whether it's spiritual pride, whether it's political pride, whether it's whatever it is, any flavor of pride is enough to ruin it. Just repent. Just repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Just show me a better way. Thank you, Lord, that you don't deal with me according to my sins, nor repay me according to my iniquities. Please forgive me for wanting you to do it to my neighbor. Verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Verse 20, bless the Lord, O you his angels. You mighty ones who do his word. Hang on, I missed something. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Oh, verse, I'm sorry. Yeah, for, I want to do 14 and 15. Sorry about that, guys. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. I want you to catch that, that our days here are very, very short. But what he's called to us to is everlasting. So how we act and how we love and how we live in this very short season. And by the way, this season that we're in is a very short season of, of a very short season of our life. We're talking a mere few moments when we really look at it in the sake of eternity. But the everlasting goodness and compassion and mercy of the Lord is forever. May we not trade the goodness and the kindness and the peace of the Lord for a momentary anger or pride or fear, or discouragement, or any other thing. You are the sons and daughters of God. Now let's go and let's share that peace through our words and our actions as we serve those who are in the midst of a conflagration. Conflagration. We are showing the windows of heaven, the doors of heaven, through our words and actions. Amen? Can you receive that? I'm going to pray. Let's stand to our feet.